RadioInfluence.com. All righty, what do you say, guys? Hey, man, I'm excited. You know, hey, it's football. It's football season now. There's no more preseason. I can't stand the preseason games. We're in football, whether it's college, NFL, if you're in high school, you know, kids that are playing, uh, Pop Warner, whatever, football is here. Now, baseball, we're getting close to the baseball races. That's cool. It won't be long before uh, hockey starts. And maybe you're a basketball fan. But what do I have for you today on the Rock Stops here? He is a legend. 40-some years he's been doing FSU basketball and baseball play-by-play. He's been doing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers games in the NFL since 1989. He's 77 years old. Wait, do you hear the energy that he has? He's still at the top, the one, the only Gene Deckerhoff. Yeah, yeah. What an honor to have Gene on the Rock Stops here. How has he been able to stay at the top for so long? So, Gene, so, Gene, you gave up. You had to retire with FSU games. I knew you were not going to give up Buccaneer games. Isn't that right, Gene? I've always said, people say, hey, Gene, when are you going to retire? I say, well, you know, the Lord will tell me when it's time to hang it up. And uh, uh, I just felt like that uh, I needed to slow down. And uh, I'm 77 years old, still going strong. But uh, uh, I cut my workload by about 65%. I still live in Tallahassee. Uh, we'll still drive from Tallahassee to Tampa for home games. We'll fly from Tallahassee for away games and return home. But uh, no, and, and it's, it's exclusively touchdown Tampa Bay. There will not be any more touchdown Florida States from Gene Deckerhoff. How many years have you been doing the Tampa Bay Buccaneer games, Gene? This will be year 34, and uh, we're getting close to 700 games if you count playoff games and uh, obviously the preseason games. You play 20 games a year times 33, that's 660. 17 playoff games, that's 676. So I'm getting close to 700. You look fantastic. You sound great. Do you still love it just as much as when you first started, Gene? You know, my wife retired 11 years ago, and she worked for the Leon County Tax Collector. And, you know, if I worked for the Leon County Tax Collector, if I was uh, hammering rivets or doing roofing work, I'd probably retire when I'm 65. But I, I don't feel like, you know, I, I sort of look back to the, the, the Bobby Bowden story. You know, Bobby didn't want to retire at age 81. He did, uh, but he didn't want to retire. And uh, he told the story that uh, for a long time, he says, he said, I'm, I'm not going to do what Bear Bryant said. Bear Bryant, everybody said, when are you going to retire, coach? When are you going to retire? Bear said, hey, fellas, you know, if I, if I retire, I'll be dead in a month. And sure enough, when Bear Bryant retired, he was dead a month later. And Bobby said, I'm not going to retire. I don't blame you. So maybe I'm like Bear. I don't want to retire. You know, I don't think a lot of people realize you went to the University of Florida. You were a Gator. How did it actually, how did it start, Gene? How, how did your broadcasting career, how did it start? You are putting words in my mouth because I am not a Gator. I went to Florida for a year and a half. Basketball scholarship, St. John's River Junior College. Scored 32 points in a game against Lake City High School. Was offered a scholarship, but I went and played junior college basketball. That I didn't realize. Uh, yeah, and uh, so uh, I'm in Gainesville, and I am spending the hits, rock and roll. We're expecting our first child, and I needed extra. I needed some money. My wife had to had to stop working, and so I'm working at a WGGG in Gainesville, and they needed a play-by-play announcer because they fired their announcer with new ownership, and. Uh, 
uh, I said, well, I, I know basketball. So I did six games, graduated, moved back to Jacksonville, and still had the bug, still had the bug of wanting to broadcast. I began broadcasting, spinning the hits, doing sports at WWPF Radio while I was in junior college. I was on the debate team. We won the state championship, junior college state championship, and uh, I won some awards as a debater, and uh, the program director of the radio station also broadcast Viking basketball, and he call, asked me after our final game of the season, he says, hey, Gene, he says, have you ever thought about getting into radio? He says, I know you can talk because you're you know, a champion debater, and uh, you have, I said, you know what? Yeah, I'd be interested. So I got my FCC license and began broadcasting uh, part-time. I'd do the weather at a quarter past the hour, read the headlines at the bottom of the hour, CBS News at the top of the hour, and uh, uh, started, started my broadcast career in Palatka as a result of playing basketball, moving to Palatka, meeting my wife, getting married, and, and then uh, WGGG in Gainesville, six high school basketball games, and uh, thought I'd get a legitimate job. So I went to work for Southern Bell Telephone Company and got away from radio and then for General Foods and uh, in the Braden and Sarasota all the way down to Fort Myers area, Tampa Bay, uh, the the old Pantry Pride store. And and, and I listened to radio and I'd be driving down the road. People must have thought I was crazy because I was being a DJ, you know, talking intros, outros, all that. And and, uh, uh, I started moonlighting. We were expecting our third child. I needed to make a little extra money. So I moonlighted at a radio station that... uh, uh, was bought by Bo Mitchell, who at the time was the play-by-play announcer of Florida State football and, and, and football. And uh, Bo wanted local sports. I can do local sports. and uh, So I went to work full-time in radio. My first football broadcast, Bradenton, Florida. And uh, we did Manatee High School, I'll never forget. And I did one half, and my colleague Dean Edwards did the other half. I did all the basketball. And uh, a consultant uh, that had worked with... Uh, Bose radio stations, was hired as a general manager in Tallahassee. He said, I want you to come up here and do Florida State for me. And so uh, we moved to uh, Tallahassee in 1974. And I started doing basketball. Golly, 40, this would be my 49th year if I was still doing hoops for FSU. I'm going to miss basketball. I, uh, the venues of the ACC are phenomenal. The basketball is phenomenal. Football is phenomenal. And, uh, uh, yeah, I did, uh, oh, golly, 1,324 basketball games. In 48 seasons. It's amazing you know that. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I keep track of those things. <laughs> but, but that's how I got into the broadcast business. Uh, basketball scholarship. I was a basketball Jones. I, I had a basketball on the best of my mother's scooter. I am lucky that I'm still alive. I would put that basketball under my foot and drive all around Jacksonville and pick up basketball games yeah. <laughs> from, my, from my 10th grade through my 12th grade. Couldn't make a free throw my sophomore and junior year. And, and finally, I said, you know what? This is, this is ab- I'm, I'm going to make free throws. And so I worked on free throws for an entire summer. And at, at one time, and I, I may be raw off by about two or three, but I made 124 free throws in a row. Wow. And so as a freshman at St. John's River Junior College, I hit 92% of my free throws. And so I came from being an absolute, I tried everything. I tried the Shaq O'Neal underhanded thing, the Rick Barry underhand thing, the two-handed thing, the one. I even tried jump shots. And by golly, uh, I finally figured out how to shoot free throws. So on a broadcast, if we needed a free throw, we missed it. I would not be a happy guy. Awesome, awesome. When you worked with Bobby Bowden for all those years, I had the honor a couple of times of interviewing him. Just an unbelievable man. Was he as advertised the great late Bobby Bowden? What you saw in Bobby Bowden on TV, in the newspaper, on the radio is exactly what you get when he wasn't in front of a camera or a microphone. Bobby Bowden was the most genuine man I have ever been around. I don't think I heard Bobby utter a swear word 
in the 34 years I worked with him. Ah, maybe once or twice when he missed a six-foot putt. But he, he was a man, a, a very spiritual man. He never met somebody that he wouldn't say, hey, buddy, hey, gal, hey, buddy, hey, gal. Shake hands, pat you on the back. It didn't matter whether he'd won a game or lost a game. And uh, Bobby was the real deal. You know, in my career as a broadcaster, I've been very fortunate, number one, to, to be in this business. And it's not a business for me. It's, 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 a, it's a blast. But to have worked with Bobby Bowden and Tony Dungy are the two highlights of my career. Forget the wins and the losses, but to be around two human beings, whether they're coaches or administrators, school teachers, police officers, firemen, the two, I think, the greatest human beings that I have ever been around. That's something. And I always say that about Tony Dungy. There's only a couple that I've met, even Leroy Selman. Just something special. Yeah, Leroy special. Leroy special. Leroy okay. And one, is, is there one, one great highlight? In your broadcasting career, was it the national championship with FSU? Was it the Super Bowl, the two, the Super Bowls? Is there anything that stands out to you, Gene, at number one? Well, <laughs> national championships and Super Bowls are pretty important. They're pretty, to quote, they're pretty dead gum important to quote Bobby Bowden. Okay, but uh, uh, it's 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 funny. Derek Brooks played his college career at Florida State. He played his pro career with the Buccaneers. When he was inducted and enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, he, he, he gave a talk uh, uh, before fans and family that were, made the trip up to Ken. And the Glazer family is chartered a 767. We had about 250 people in this room, you know, and they had snacks and soft drinks and things. And Derek said, I want this guy to come up here, Gene Dekarov. I came up. He said, this guy right here broadcast every game I ever played in my career. I didn't have the guts to tell him that we did not broadcast the 93 championship game because we could not get the radio rights. Mutual radio had exclusive radio rights. In fact, I missed a, uh, the, that championship game. The following year, the Sugar Bowl game, Deion Sanders' interception to beat Auburn uh, in the final quarter. Uh, missed two, three Fiesta Bowls. We just couldn't get the radio rights. But uh, the 1999 championship, that stuff went away. Now, now the, the universities control their radio rights. And so the 99 championship, the wire-to-wire, Chris Winkie and Peter Warwick. Warwick with three touchdowns. Downs MVP, a punt return TD. I mean, that was that was to, to that point. I mean, that was my the college highlight. And then 2002 comes along, and the Buccaneers win Super Bowl 37. We beat the Oakland Raiders 48 to 21. And what? Six interceptions, four pick six. White's bad. Derek Brooks had one. Dexter Jackson from Florida State. Uh, he was the most valuable player. He had two picks in the first half when the ballots came out. And, uh, it, it, so that that is a highlight. Obviously, that goes with that '99 championship game. And then uh, lo and behold, uh, Jameis Winston does his thing, and uh, Kelvin is caught, caught touchdown, Florida State, and we beat Auburn in the BCS championship game. Uh, a phenomenal come from behind win, and uh, yeah, Kermit Whitfield with that 100-yard kickoff return. I mean. Those are great memories of Florida State football. And then uh, we turn right around in uh, Super Bowl 55. I mean, good grief. Does it get any better? Does it get any better than what the Buccaneers did against the Kansas City Chiefs 31 to 9? And uh, I have one championship ring, the 99 championship ring at Florida State, and I have two Super Bowl championship rings, and they all sleep in a safe deposit box in a bank in Tallahassee. But those are great highlights. And I, I can't separate. I can't separate. 
Uh, I broadcast a baseball game on television, Sunshine Network, back in the day. Marshall McDougall hit six home runs. That's an NCAA record. I mean, uh, that, that's a highlight. I mean, you know, I mean, you're not going to see that. Ever. Nobody's hit six cents. And, and, and uh, let me see, uh, Charlie Ward and the Seminoles come from behind to beat Louisville, down 21 points to win the Metro Conference Championship the last year in the league. And then the very first ACC game, uh, Charlie and Sam Cassell, <laughs> they beat North Carolina in the Dean Smith Center in our very first. On December the 15th, I'd broadcast a Chicago Bears game. Flew down to Chapel Hill and broadcast uh, just a tremendous one. But those are highlights of a, of, a, of a career, I guess. If you live long enough and broadcast for 48 years of basketball and 43 years of Florida State football and 33 years of Tampa Bay Buccaneer football, there's a lot of a lot of great memories. Uh, I, I, I I'll just say this: I have been blessed. Thank you, God. Your your memory is is incredible. Let's end on this. What advice? Well, you're, what is the secret to your success? What advice do you have to a young broadcaster, G? Uh, be yourself. Don't let your head get any bigger than it is now. If you want to get into the broadcasting business and you're in school, take all the math classes you can. I'm going to talk about, you know, quantum physics and all that stuff. So take all the math classes you can because sports generally involve statistics. And you need to say if a guy is one for three and he comes to the plate for the fourth and bat, he's batting 333. I mean, you got to the simple math. And the second thing is read as much as you can. And not just about sports. Read. Read the great classic fictions. Read history. Read history. I'm a big history buff. And I, I'm afraid that, you know, when I was in high school, philosophy and history were two of the, two of the toughest classes. But I love those classes. Now they don't teach. I don't think they teach philosophy anymore. I don't know what happened with that. And to be honest with you, I don't think they're teaching history anymore. But you've got to read. I've got a trilogy of World War II books that a fellow recommended that I buy. And I'm reading a book now called The uh, uh, Washington's Immortals. It's about the Revolutionary War. I'm learning more about this country through the history I'm reading now at age 77 than I did when I was growing up. But you read everything you can. And the third and the most important thing is to mind your mom and dad and your teachers. And if you don't learn how to mind, you're not going to be very successful in anything, let alone broadcast. And I'll add a fourth thing in there. Never make enemies. Everybody should be your friend. The great Gene Deckerhoff, you sound your passion. It's 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 you reinvigorated me. Gene, thank you so much. You're welcome. Go Bucks! I told you you had the energy, didn't you? Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Don't you want to have that energy at 77 years old? Oh, my God, and still doing what he loves. Thank you. And it was really amazing, too. He, With the fans, like, we did that at training camp, and he was just getting bombarded by pictures. People wanting pictures and autographs, and they just love him. And he is very accommodating. He's always been good to me. You know, I didn't even know if he knew who I was over the years. Just by, hey, hey, how you doing? How you doing? I'm like, ah, that's the old trick. That's what I would do. If you don't really remember somebody's name, how you been, man? (laughs) Always, Always positive. Or if somebody is chewing your ear off, my wife does not know how to pull away. How do you do it? She says, like, basically, here's here's my, uh, but before we do that, Gene, thank you very much. Appreciate the time. I know you were a busy man. Have a hell of a season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and go Bucks for Gene Deckerhoff and all of his fans. Thanks, Gene. Good man. Uh, and Gene, Gene was, you know what, you know what, Gene is a character. I remember going on, like I never really traveled with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they play games, but when I was at Bay News 9, when they would be uh, playoff games, obviously Super Bowl run, uh, we would travel. 
you know. And back in the day with the Warwick Dunn, Allstott, WD 40 years, of course, when the Buccaneers went to the Super Bowl in San Diego, that team, Lynch and uh, Sapp and Brooks and Rondé and Brad Johnson and those guys, uh, I was like, wow, Gene's Gene likes to do it up, man. He can party a little bit. Yeah. And he's out there on the floor and dancing and doing it up. And then uh, I don't know how he did it, but, you know, he wasn't able to do it too much because he was always coming from FSU games on a Saturday and wherever they played. Sometimes you could be a West Coast game, Midwest, a night game, and he was always there on time, Sunday, one o'clock in the booth. I don't know how the heck with his travel schedule he would do it. But I remember seeing him back in the day, going back good 20 some years ago. And then it was like, okay, no, 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 no. It's the hotel bar. That's where you got to stay. And then, no, 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 you better be in your room, Gene. You know what I mean? But uh, just a, a fun-loving guy and just just still doing it, man. Still doing it. So I love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, I was going somewhere, but now I forget because I do have Anheuser's. You know what I'm saying? All the years of drinking beer, sometimes I will forget. Uh, oh, oh, th- this is what I did notice, too. You know, the whole Tom Brady, a little, little behind the scenes. Obviously, there's something that is bothering Brady or on his mind away from football. And I don't know about you, but like when I do this, my podcast, when I go on live radio on the Pat and Aaron show on WDAE every last Friday of the month, once I get there, once I'm on live, like, it's just, that's where I'm most comfortable. You know, what about you? Is it fishing? Maybe it's fishing. Maybe it's golf. Maybe it's a walk, a hike. Uh, maybe it's at the bar. <laughs> hey man. Uh, maybe it's gaming. Maybe it's uh, NFL Sundays, college football Saturdays, whatever it is. Uh, like there's going to be this media game. Now, it, by this week, when you're listening to this, uh, it will be, I'll be playing in it. And I haven't played in the media game in like, it's got to be, oh, I don't know, 12 years, 13 years ago, 14, something like that. I don't know. And when I saw the email come down, I'm like, boom. Even though I was under the weather last week, I'm like, I'm going to start throwing the ball against the wall. And it's so funny because you can't, like in one week or in 10 days, try to get in baseball shape with your arm. That ain't going to happen, but it's better than not doing anything on that one day. Because if you haven't played in years and you go out there and you play a baseball game, even if it's low key, it's a media game. Still, you are going to be so sore because your muscles are not, your muscles are like, what the hell are you doing, man? These certain muscles, you haven't used me in like 15 years. What are you doing? But even though I was under the weather last week and it was a point where I had a little fever, I'm like, screw it. I'm going out. It's 100 degrees. Now we go down locally, this place where they have uh, tennis and I throw the ball against the wall. And uh, I brought out a bat and I was swinging it in the uh, living room the other day. And just like, isn't that funny? Even though at my age, you know, just to be out on a baseball field and this game is at the Trop, it's really cool that the, the Rays do this. Some major league teams... A lot of them used to do this and a lot have not done it. 
uh, and especially with the COVID and all that. So I think it's going to be kind of cool. It's just, just loving it, man. Just loving it. And you know, I last week, <clears throat> see, cause I grew up in New Jersey and my father could not stand the Yankees, but we would watch Yankee games and we would watch Met games. And I was more of a Mets fan because my father just didn't know oh, they buy their players and this and that. It's, it's how you're kind of raised. And so there was an old timers game for the Mets last week. And it really looked kind of cool. I saw a long highlight reel SNY did. And when you see these guys go out there again, Piazza during BP, he was hitting a couple of dingers. They're older, they're grayer, they're heavier. They have paunches, little bellies. And, but you can see these players from strawberry from uh, Hojo, Howard Johnson, any of these guys, uh, Jesse Orozco, when they were out there again, it's like, oh my God, nothing else matters. When you're doing something that you love and you haven't done it in a long time, even though you can't do it to the to the degree where you used to do it, you know, because father time, you're older, man, your muscles, you can't do it. But you do what you can do. And I saw Doc Gooden, and Doc Gooden is like, you know, boy, he has been ravaged by the nose candy, cocaine, and drugs. And his face is kind of gaunt, like it's sunken in. But he's always had a little bit of a pot belly after he uh, retired. And it looked like the uniform wasn't fitting him, but it didn't matter. He was out there on the mound and, you know, throwing it slow, but you could still see the delivery, the old delivery, you know, and he was throwing a piazza. And I saw a couple of interviews that he did. And even if it was for a short time and all the stuff and his addiction to drugs and the arrests and ups and downs and life and kids and trying to families and ex-wives and just life, you know, and a lot of it on, on himself because of his addiction. But he was like, for a day, I got to be a kid again, like the game that you grew up. And I hope that you listening to this, whatever it was that you really, really loved as a kid, God, I hope you can be able to do it just for a day, even if it's for a day, for a couple of hours, whatever it is, even if you're physically, you can't go and play the sport that you used to go to a local field, man. And just, even if it's, you know, little league or something, if they're out there playing a game, you know, sit in the stands for just a little bit and just take it all in, man, you know? It really, so I'm really looking forward to this. The one thing I'm, I'm, I'm weary of <clears throat> is pulling a hamstring <laughs> or even a, what's the, what's it? A quad, the thigh, because just a couple of years ago, I said, okay, I can't, I used to a long time ago, I was able to run like long distances. That thing has sailed. I mean, I had plantar fasciitis on my, in my heel both heels and then a heel for like, I don't know, the last 10 years. And so, okay. Ian Beckles, who used to play uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's a local Tampa Bay radio sports show, talk show host. And he's got podcasts here on radio influence. And he had the best line. He's like, when you get older and if you do something and that hurts you, like you, do, you make some move and Oh, that hurts my shoulder. You just never make that move again. <laughs> 
It's not like you're trying to rehab and get better. No, you just don't do that anymore. So I'm like, all right, plantar fasciitis. I'm not going to run anymore. But it's so funny when I had my uh, operation um, from my what you call it gallbladder, probably like two years, ten, two and a half years ago now, maybe is it three? I don't know, two and a half. Uh, and I lost forty pounds. Yeah, I put twenty back, and I'm right about where I want to be. Uh, I lost 25 pounds back, but I'm good. I'm good right now. 185. It's right where I should be, but no more plantar fasciitis. I was heavy. I was too heavy for my, the joints. It's amazing what weight loss can do for your, your, uh, ligaments, your joints. It's amazing. The plantar fasciitis went away, went away, man, because I was too, I was too heavy, you know? So anyway, I'm really looking forward to that. And then probably about a year ago, I said, okay, I'm going to start running a little bit. And what I did all the years that I pitched, like I pitched in college and then right after college, well, I had a a wife, Nancy, at the time she had breast cancer and I just didn't play for two years because I I was around for her and I didn't go to games, stuff like that. I was third, I was like 29, 30, 31 I didn't pitch. And then I pitched from 31 years old all the way to 44, 44, when I had to have my first shoulder surgery from Dr. Coco Eaton. And, uh, but I pitched year round, year round. Only tell you, especially when I pitched in New Jersey and men's leagues, you know, always 18 and over. There was a 30 and over team I was on in New Jersey. It was unbelievable. We kicked that. It, it was incredible. We had former pros. It was just unbelievable. Then I moved to Denver and I was an 18 and over I pitched. And then when I came here, 18 and over all the way through St. Pete leagues, Tampa leagues. And I uh, just pitch year round, year round. You only take off between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Every week I would throw nine or seven innings in a game every single week from the time I moved down here doing radio 970 and then Benny's nine all the way to 44 when I finally had to get shoulder surgery. And then, uh, and then I took off two years and then I came back and I was still pitching and I pitched till 50 in 18 and over league leagues. I still wanted to pitch against the younger kids. You know, it made me feel pretty good. Like, oh, I can still do it against them. And then uh, I had to go to Coco again. And he was like, what are you doing, man? He goes, rock satchel page had to retire. If you want to throw to your kid, you want to throw in these media games, do that. You can't be whipping it around anymore. You're done. I'm like, okay, I gotcha. Cause you don't want to go through anesthesia. You don't want to go through operations Screw that if you don't have to. It never used to bother me. And then this last one, I had a problem with anesthesia at when it was done. And I had to have a catheter and couldn't. Oh. So I'm like, I try to avoid it if I can help it. And so I'm not going to be whipping it around. But it's funny. You get out there. You start throwing. I know I'm going to feel so good. Oh, but when I started, I went down to a local field down here in Oldsmar and I started what I would always do is instead of trying to find somebody to catch me, like who needs, I threw the ball against a wall. And I did that my whole stretch here, all those years pitching in between, you know, once a week. And, uh, <clears throat> and then I would run, but I wouldn't run distance. I would run a sprint, boom, and then walk back, sprint, walk back, sprint, walk back, sprint, walk back. It's easier for me. It's not as doesn't take up as much time. I'm always looking for the easy way out, uh, but I got it in. So I tried doing this, I don't know, a year ago or something. I went down to the field and I sprinted once, walked by and I 
tried to sprint again. Boom. Oh my God. I pulled a muscle. I pulled my uh, quad and then uh, I'm like, all right, enough of that. So that's the only thing that concerns me. So if I get on the bases, I, uh, th- there's going to be a young guy behind me. Uh, you pr- don't lap me son. Cause I ain't sprinting. I'm not pulling a muscle or a hamstring. And then I think I told this story on the podcast, but I had the worst hamstring tear uh, years ago. Now my daughter now, Emily and I have a daughter that's 13. All right. Go back. Not that long ago. I was still working at Bay News 9, Bright House. We were covering the Clearwater boat races, these powerboat races off of Clearwater Beach. And it's once a year. We do a whole big special. And it was there on a Saturday and a Sunday. So I was able to get a free room at the, I think it was the Hilton. And so I called my wife and my daughter. And Addie was small then at the time. We're talking probably about, I don't know, 70 years ago. And, uh, you know, you can come with me to the Clearwater Beach that night. You know, I'll be all done with our, you know, all day you're shooting video and doing interviews. And then the Sunday is the race and it's all day. We put together a big special. Our station was involved in this thing. And it's the big powerboat races. And they come from all over the world and a lot of money and a lot of people, uh, you know, that whole deal. So fine. So we're done shooting video all the, all day. I got the room at Clearwater beach. All right. My wife and daughter come to meet me. All right. We're going to have a, we're going to eat or something. And right at the Clearwater beach pier, they have this pier that goes out. And a lot of times right at the pier or right near there where the playground is and everything, you get some street performers. And so these two guys came, they said they were from Jersey and New York. They had a big boom box. They were younger and they had, they had the music going and a crowd gathered around and they were doing some dancing. They were able to do some street dancing, you know? And then all of a sudden they were picking fathers from out of the crowd to do like a dance off. And you know, most dads can't dance and the crowd and the crowd was building like it was getting, you know, five, six, seven, eight deep. This is on a Saturday night, Right around sunset, you know, so many people are there and they're there for the, you know, tourists. So it's crowded, man. And I see him looking at me and he like, boom, and he pulls me like, come here. And I look and my daughter is smiling. My wife, like, don't back out, you know, and you, you know, your daughter wants you to go out there, man. I'm like, all right. So I went out there and uh, I was up against another father. And he put on some music and I did a, I did a little bit of a moonwalk and I did a moonwalk. I did something else and boom, boom, boom. Okay. And he was like, Whoa. And so what they did was he puts his hand behind your head and the crowd would applaud and the largest applause, then you would go to the next round. Now, here I am. I just thought I was inviting my daughter and wife to Clearwater Beach, and I had no idea I was going to be in this stinking dance-off with fathers. And uh, and uh, so it, I won that round. I won that round. And I was like, all right, that's it. All I got is the moonwalk. I don't, I'm not a dancer. I don't know what else. What am I going to do next? And he pairs me up with this uh, a brother, another uh, father, and it was me against him now, next round. And I was like, all right, he puts on the music on the boom box and I didn't know what to do. 
So I did something. I don't know if I did like a kind of like a jumping jacks move or something. And I went down. I went down to like down real cool. Oh yeah. That's what I did. I, I went down and I did like five quick push-ups or something like that. I don't know what I was going to do. And I popped up fast as I could. And when I popped up, I felt the tear of my hamstring. It was the worst pain and burning that I had ever experienced. And I was just like, I couldn't move. And I, I pretended like to do something and it was it. And then he, and then he goes, okay, okay. And he, and, and, and the dude with the boom box came over with the microphone. He's like, okay, dad. And I said, dude, I'm done. And I said, no, I'm done. And he's like, okay, that's it. And he's like, okay, okay. And then, you know, he put the hand over and then the other father won. And I just walked. I could not walk. I dragged my leg and my wife didn't understand. And my daughter was little. She didn't understand. And I'm like, I just tore my hamstring to shreds. And all I could think about was what this night was going to be like staying right there. What all day next day is going to be like working, covering this Clearwater national powerboat races in the heat. And it was a big special. There was no way that I could just call in sick. And then I didn't want to let him know, like, was I supposed to allow my daughter and wife to come to stay in the room that night because it was supposed to be a work thing and we're going to work early in the morning and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, so I, I struggled to walk to the hotel, which was right there to Hilton. I mean, it took me forever. I had to sit down on a bench. I couldn't move, move. And just the pain, it was unbearable. And luckily, so I made it to the room and I, I couldn't even get comfortable on the bed. I was just in so much pain. So luckily my wife's dad is a doctor in, in, in Clearwater here. He's still working, still practicing. And he came, uh, with my mother-in-law with a wheelchair for the night and for the next day. And I think some, uh, anti-inflammatory or something for the pain. And, uh, and it was a sleepless night, but I was so thankful for the wheelchair. And then the next day, my camera guy, Jason J Mac came through big time because I didn't want to tell the station. I didn't want to do any bar, you know, and we did like, a. I had to do like one or two, what they call standups. And I, I, he wheeled me to the, and then my wife and daughter went home. And it was an all-day Sunday thing. I stayed in the lobby of the hotel. Jason went out and shot what they call B-roll and even did some interviews. I think he even got the winners for me. There's no way I could make it out there. And then I did some stand-ups where I just barely got out of the wheelchair. I was on a deck overlooking the sand, and I did my thing to make it look. You'd never know. And then we voiced some things. Somehow we made it. It was the worst. It was the worst. And I had to go to Coco and all that. Oh, my God. So that's my biggest fear, knowing, man, at our age now, my age, and you can't just get out there and do a sprint. If I go around the bases, you can't do that stuff. And we just can't, man. Like Ian Beckel says, if you do something and it hurts you, you just don't do that move anymore. <laughs> Love it. But I'm going to get out there. So I'll let you know in the next podcast. We'll see what happens. Hopefully I can pitch a couple innings. Because usually when you go to these media games, they don't, 
nobody can really pitch. The, the, if you haven't really pitched, they just, you, they're not throwing strikes and they think they can, you know, and there's probably going to be an L screen. Like I hate throwing with an L screen. They do that now. We never used to have that at these games, but for insurance and stuff, I always feel like my hand is going to hit. I don't like it, but whatever, but whatever, 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 whatever. But there you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. Um, and I was thinking like, you know, you think when you get out there, like say I have a good time next this, this week and say, I even get to pitch a little bit and just lob it up there. But again, you know, you start thinking like, wow, maybe I could just go and just pitch a little relief on one of these teams, you know, in the older age category. But listen, man, Pat McAfee, the Pat McAfee show. If you're not familiar with it, man, he's so popular and he's good. And two weeks ago, he did his show out at the Indianapolis Colts training camp. And he was out there and getting interviews, but he's around the Colts and some of the staff that he still knows and the PR guy. And maybe there's a coach or two that's still there, you know, and he's around it and he's not that old, but he's also been out of the league. He was a punter, but he's also out of the league for years. So when he was out there and he had a little downtime, he said he just wanted to see if he could still do it again. So you got footballs at your disposable disposal. He said these were jugs balls. There's different balls that they have. Jugs balls, balls that they use for kicking, balls that they use for like, you know, offense and defense, like regular, you know, footballs. There's all different kinds of little balls. But anyway, he was kicking jugs balls. But he said that he started kicking the first two. Ooh, ooh. Then he started getting a little rhythm and he started booming it. And he's like, wow, wow, wow. Maybe, oh, but my plant foot. Or maybe I still got it. Maybe I still got it. Well, the punter, they had a problem with the punter. They released him. He was gone or was it an injury? I don't remember, but, and the, they were looking for a punter. And he said he was getting that next, that night, he started getting texts coming in. And, a, and some people that were there and saw him and like, you think you can do it? You, maybe you can do it. You can do it. And he said, that he, look, they're not going to look. This is the NFL. This is the top of the top. There's no way that they're going to call a guy that's been out of the league for four years. That ain't happening. But because he was there and he's getting all this in, these texts and stuff on social media, you got it. You could do it. And you were around the Colts and, oh, maybe a, maybe a coach said you still got it. And he said he didn't sleep that night. And he started thinking and they're looking, he goes, what, 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 what if they call me? What if, what if I go, could I do it? And then he started thinking about the show that he's doing right now, the show he's got uh, WWE. He's got so many different projects. Like he's really red hot right now in the uh, broadcasting entertainment business. And then he's also got guys on his staff. Like he started thinking this producer, that guy over there, our audio guy, this guy, this guy's going to have a little baby. This guy's got a wife and this, this guy's a bachelor and he still lives in downtown, but he's got a big, uh, you know, uh, bar tab every night and he's living it. And he's like, if I were to do this, then what about these guys? Like, we got to take a hiatus. Is this, and you, when you come back, is it going to be the same, you know? And he had all this and he said he couldn't sleep. So he did this whole dissertation this next day on his show. 
And he brings in this AJ Hawk, who's his co-host, but he's in a different location. And he's like, what do you think? And he's like, oh, I think the power, you know, if I just get out there, that can come back quick, come back quick. And then I think it was on the same show where he came back and he's like, oh, the Colts just signed a punter. But isn't it funny where if you think like, oh, I can still do it. Oh, maybe they're going to hire me. And you really weren't in consideration at all. (laughs) But I loved it. I love the talk. He's very, very good. And I get it. It's going to be like if I have have fun out there, am I going to join a league now? One of these older uh, age categories, baseball, not softball, baseball, and and maybe I can throw an inning, you know, or am I going to do that? Am I going to, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'll let you know. I'll probably come on this podcast next week and I will be so sore and I will have torn something and sprained something and hopefully not getting hit. I didn't even think about it, but when I went on this Pat and Aaron show, these guys are great, man. I get along with these guys. We got to, I really do. The camaraderie is everything. And uh, they're really nice. They're the only guys that have asked me to go on their show. Only one. It's been years I've been out now. Only guys. And I've put on so many local media members on my shows over the years. Oh, my God. But anyway, these guys, these guys have done it. And so they're going to be in the media game. The one guy, Pat, got a tattoo, and it might not be totally, like, dry or something. And he doesn't know if he can play. But Aaron's a young guy. And he's like, are we going to wear a cup? Are we going to wear a cup? I'm like. Go to wear a cup. Like I didn't even think about it. Like all the years that I pitched, I never wore a cup. And then I think it was maybe the last year of this is organized baseball that I got out there. And I, I, I think I might've a little bit, but I just, I don't know. It's so uncomfortable. And I was like, no, I'm not going to wear a cup. Watch. I'll get hit in the cojones. Watch. And I do have a wife. I mean, I got to, you know, uh, whatever. But anyway, it's just funny. He mentioned it on the, on the show. Um, oh, and that like being happy. What I was getting to is the whole Brady situation. He did not look, he just looked like something was bothering him all of training camp. He just did a little bit. I was mostly chalking it up to it's, this was the hottest summer that I remember. Maybe it was just me. But to, this has been the longest, hottest, most uncomfortable summer that I have had since I've moved down here full time, 26, seven years or something, whatever it is, just to me, it's been unbearable. And so if I was 45 years old and trying to play in the NFL out here in this heat, I would be uncomfortable too. That's what I thought it was. But what I noticed is at last week at the third preseason game in Indy where he played, he just seemed so relieved to be out there. Like what I'm saying, when you do something that you love, actually getting out there, playing a series or two, being around teammates, knowing you did well, you still got it, talking with your teammates. That's why he decided to talk after the game. And he knew the questions were going to come up, what happened. And he was really, he's so good. He's done this so long. He dodged it, you know, just saying that there's, I'm 45, there's a lot of shit going on. And he still really wouldn't come clean. He doesn't have to. But the stuff about Miami and then also, uh, what was the latest? Oh, the Raiders uh, with Dana White and him and Gronk and Gruden not wanting him and this and that. He's just like, oh, there's been a lot of teams. And I say, well, I just, this is the right place for me and this and that. But 
it's because he was back out on the field in a game, being around the guys. The season is starting. That's where he's most happy. And I hope that any of you that are listening, if there is something that you really used to enjoy doing, try to make time to do it again. Even if it's on the smallest scale, it's, I know this is going to, I'm going to love it being out on a baseball field or being on a mound again, even if it's for a media game and half the guys really haven't played, but well, you know, I'm telling you, man, just, you know, when I take that mitt that I bought at Walmart or Target, because my other mitt just, when I took it from the heat here, it's been in the garage so long, it's like falling apart, man. I swear to God, my hand's all, it's a black bit. My hand's all black. Uh, I got that in my trunk again. I got a ball and I got that. I'm going to put a basketball in my trunk again this week. Start taking a few shots again because it's been so hot. And just, it feels like you're a key, you know, just do whatever it is. Try to do it. Do it. You got to make time. You do. You got to make time for yourself. All right. Last but not least, this is funny. We have a humongous event in our family here coming up in November. We are going to have family members on both families, my side, Emily's side, from all over are coming in to town here to Clearwater Beach in the first week of November. And my wife is organizing everything. And I would love to take a trip up north in the fall. I Like I told you, I miss the fall. That's my favorite time of year. And Emily is just looking at me like, until this event comes off, you don't want a chance traveling being around a lot of people, getting it, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, wow, we're just only August here. Now now we're September. Okay, September, October, November. That's two months. I, what do you think? Should I go do it and then just have my wife? Can you imagine? You know, no, I'm not going to. <laughs> she runs the show. Do the best that you can. But what I did notice is being at the uh, the Bucks preseason game. Now their first three games are is it first two, first three are away. Then we got three in a row. Uh, it's not till September twenty fifth, I think fifth, sixth. It's the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers and Brady here. Oh my God, it's going to be humongous. But what I did notice is going up and down in the elevator at Ray J. It's a hundred degrees. There's no AC in the elevator and it's packed. It's a small little elevator and everybody's sweating from, you know, an audio guy, a tech guy, a camera guy, a producer, an NFL official, an official, uh, media worker, be whoever, everybody is packed in these elevators. And I've had to go up and down a couple of times and there's, it's no air. And I'm like, damn. So, I mean, there's only so much you can do, right? I mean, we can't. My wife's like, we should all three be in an igloo. I would like to be in an igloo with you, honey. But, uh, you know, what are you going to do? What, I'm, what am I going to do? I'm probably not going to take any trip up north until this big, big event is done. <laughs> but anyway, 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 anyway. Um, I'm hoping you're doing good. 
I appreciate every one of you that listens. Listen, I don't try to push anything. If you want to subscribe, subscribe. If you would like to advertise on this podcast, I'm easy to get a hold of. I'm not pushing it at all. It is what it is. I just, I'm glad that you enjoy it. I love doing it. It keeps me in the game. I love interviewing people that have made it in broadcasting, in sports, in however. Uh, I just love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I like, I don't want to make to be all me. But anyway, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Gene Deckerhoff. Have a great year calling Buccaneer Games. You're 77 years old. I hope you can keep on going until you want to call it quits. It's really cool when when it's on your terms. It hardly ever happens like that. But anyway, listen, thank you very, very much. Have a great week. Let's make it a good week. And again, if there's something that you've done, maybe as a kid and you haven't done in a long time, try to do it again. You'll be surprised on what it does for your mental state, man. So, and I'll talk to you next week. Hopefully not a pulled hamstring. Hopefully not a pulled quad. Hopefully not getting hit in the nuts by a ball because I'm not wearing a cup. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Looking for studios in the Tampa Bay area to record your podcast? Radio Influence can help. With two studios on either side of the bay, Radio Influence has you covered. Engineered and produced by longtime radio professionals, achieve the excellence in podcasting that you and your listeners deserve. For more information or to schedule studio time, email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. Radio Influence, the future is now.